Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Dumps it to Stevens. Stevens in the 10. Turns the corner. Five. Touchdown. Penn State and Hamilton with a great block in open field. And the Nittany Lions go 63 yards. Sorley takes the snap. Straight drop. Steps up. Looks to his right. Dumps it off. Barkley 20. 25 near side. 35. 40. 45. 50. Down the near side to the 30. Goodbye. He is gone. Touchdown. Penn State. Say, say goodbye. Takes the snap. Back. Pump fake, steps up, delivers downfield. He's got Hamilton at the 10, to the 5. Hamilton dies on the pylon. He's there. He's got it. Touchdown, Penn State. Give the ball to Sanders. Burst to the near side. Turns the corner, 25-20. Miles to the 10. 5, touchdown, Penn State. Miles Sanders took it inside. Nothing there. Went outside. Plenty of green grass. Near hash. Running back each side, two near side, and then I, one far side. Manning throws, intercept to Marcus Allen, his first career interception, 35, 40, breaks the tackle, 45, 50, Allen, far side, 45, 40, Allen to the 30, Allen inside the 30 to the 25, Marcus Allen's first career interception, and he made a count. Two receivers far side, Johnson and Tompkins, Barkley to the right of McSorley, McSorley. Keeps it himself, 10, near quarter, 5, got the corner, touchdown, Penn State. It's the snap, play action fake, steps up, delivers in the end zone, he's got him, touchdown, Brandon Polk. Play action, Stevens, steps up, long and deep, down the middle for Blackdoll, reaches out, he's got it, touchdown, Penn State. Stevens will give the ball to Robinson, 35-30, far sideline, 25-20, Andre to the 10, to the 5, touchdown, Penn State, Andre Robinson from 41 yards out. He scores his seventh career touchdown, his first this season. You know, we talked about you know respecting every opponent, and you know that team took Wisconsin last year in the fourth quarter and 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 uh, and battled. So you know, I thought our guys prepared all week the right way, and we were able to come out and play really well in all three phases. Um, so I'm pleased. You know, we, I think we got to get the running game going a little bit more. Not having man in there, I think, affected us a little bit in the run game. But overall, um, you know, hard to complain with you know with the outcome. James, talk about the awareness of McSorley. On that pass to Barkley, I didn't see that coming, and I'm looking right at it from the 50-yard line. Are you just amazed at how well he sees things downfield when he's running with the football? Well, I don't even know if it's necessarily what he sees. And what I mean by that is I think he just, he's got so much confidence that he knows where everybody is. So when he steps up and he's reading the coverage and reading the safeties, he doesn't have to, like, find the guy. He knows they're there. He knows where everybody's at on the field. So he steps up. He feels the defense kind of converge on him. His eyes immediately go to where he knows Saquon's going to be, and boom, the ball gets delivered. Talk about Saquon, not about the big plays and the touchdown, but his blocking back on the goal line for the play to Gesicki and also on the lead for, for McSorley running the football, his blocking seems to be so much even better this year. Yeah, he just, you know, that was something we talked about in the offseason, you know, really being a complete player. Everybody focused so much on, on the, obviously, when he came 
carries the ball. But at 230 pounds, I just felt like that's an area that he can be, you know, one of the best blocking running backs in the country, not just pass pro, leading for other guys. So he's taking a lot of pride in that. And, and he's a guy that you can say that to, and he's going to take it very serious. So, you know, just very, very impressed with him and everybody right now. Marcus Allen has done a lot of great things for you, and now his fourth season here at Penn State. How did you feel when you saw him get his first career interception? You know, really happy for him because that was kind of the one question mark on him. He's such a physical run support player and such a field general out there in terms of getting guys lined up and assignments and things like that. So, you know, to see him start making more plays on the ball and then almost almost get a touchdown return on it is awesome. So I hope that's going to that's gonna continue in that direction for him and continue to make plays on the ball in the air. James Franklin after the game, uh, joining Jack Ham and me on the Penn State Sports Network. Uh, they went out and they played one heck of a ball game, I thought. Uh, and, you know, because they took it seriously. They went out and they just took care of business. And uh, that was a great win for them the other day. Great win. And you know, it's it, this is when we talk about approach... And you know he gets criticized, you know, when he talks about the the week leading up to Pitt, and and I completely and all everybody around completely understands why the fans get emotional about Pitt. As I said, you know, I mean, I've been here for a long time. It's not like I haven't been here for a long time. I have been, and so I understand, you know, that. How how people feel, but also when you're around, I understand why he takes the approach he takes. Because the approach is not about Pitt Week, or Ohio State, or Michigan, where it's obvious to anybody the emotion needed going into those games. It's about weeks like this past week, where you sit there and say, "Hey, yeah." got to go out and get it done and they didn't take it lightly they went out and they got it done sean welcome many questions great weekend sir yes i had a chance to yeah no no many questions after the game about where you were uh well i was able to uh uh um well doesn't sound that's not no that's that doesn't answer the question sean Mm. Oh, I'm well. I mean, I, I you know, the Molar people confused, the Goloshevsky people confused. No, no, Sean. I mean, and they specifically asked, "Where is Sean?" I, I couldn't answer. I, I can't. I can't be your keeper here. <laughs> well, we'll admit after getting into the media room and getting some, you know, getting some uh, quotes for some players, uh, I went in the car and went home because it was like quarter after twelve. <laughs> And then Excuse and then wrote me. up some stories. Actually, I was up till three, right, writing they up part, some. Yeah, these people partied deep into the night and yeah. only hung there waiting for you. Oh come on! Finally, even I gave up the ghost at four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe earlier than that. You party animal, you. <laughs> oh yes, that's that is definitely me. <laughs> I am the party animal. 
I'm the party animal. No, it's just, I actually had a couple of people ask, is he going to get here? And I said, I don't know. I said, it's pretty late. They said, yeah, we know it's late. <laughs> because because even they were looking around noticing abandoned parking spaces. <laughs> you should have texted me. You should, should send me a text. Oh, when that ain't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember no, you said one was, of the parties. I remember, so you said, remember you said one of the parties was actually down below. Uh, down below yes. Medlar Field, and actually, I was in, I was parked down there in the uh, purple lot. Yeah. I was down okay. that way and walked past. And you're right, yeah, quite a few, uh, quite a few had already cleared out oh, when they, I walked oh, past they, after they, midnight. They had cleared out at that point, yeah. and uh, although if you've gone to uh, to the to the mole man to Ron Moeller, uh Glenn Mason was there. Oh, great! That's right. And, he did and, color for yeah, BTN. Oh, yep. He told stories. Oh, some great stories. Uh, where he had Jack, Ham, and myself in stitches. Now, I, we've known Glenn for years now. He's one of the really great guys out there. But we were, he had the two of us. Uh, I couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing driving home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so how, do, how do our high school teams do on Friday night? Uh, first of all, Shikolimi and, uh, and, uh, and Shikolimi and Sealens Grove, of course, Played uh, another great job by uh, Ryan Brand and Pat O'Brien, and the suit and the uh, coach uh, on here on WKOK. Uh, Shikalemi getting the great, win. Great, uh, great, great job done by Pat O'Brien and Ryan Brand, <laughs> and of course Coach Coach Hort. Because I mean, I mean, those three are committed to being there. Yeah. As opposed to I don't know, and this year maybe I will, maybe I won't. Big win overall uh, for uh, Shikalemi, uh, 28-26, defeating Seals Grove. Uh, Gabe Tilford with a uh, phenomenal game. Wow. Another another touchdown pass uh, Gabe had to uh, uh, brother that, Lucas that, in the first boy, half. Is that, boy, does that do a lot for them. Uh, big play opening uh, yeah. kick second half. Joey Folk uh, ran one back 90-plus yards for a score. To, so boy, one. does that do a lot for Shikalemi, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Lewisburg. Lewisburg, tough one on the road uh, against Jersey Shore. Uh, Jersey Shore with an mm. easy win there. Uh, so next up for Lewisburg, uh, does not get easier. Undefeated uh, Southern Columbia uh, will be coming in on Friday night. They're going to be playing that game at Susquehanna uh, on Friday night. And that's a 7.30 kick. Okay. Lewisburg and, and Mil- Southern. Then Milton. Milton, rough night for Milton. Uh, Danville mm. puts 75 on Milton. <laughs> And Ooh, and Milton at one point was up three nothing. Uh, actually, they had the lead early, first uh, lead in a game in close to three years. Uh, but then Danville uh, ran the opening kickback for a score and didn't look back from there. Wow. Okay. That was rough. Yeah, that is rough. That's really rough. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks for the encouraging news. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> So you're saying three out of the four lost, which is the worst we could have done. Yeah. Because somebody had to win Seals Grove Shikolami. Right. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll get uh, – I think we have to have everybody on Wednesday this week, don't we? That is correct, since the Phillies have their final regular season day game on Thursday. Yes. We'll probably have to get my brother on Wednesday, too. That's right. Well. We were texting. The- uh, I gave him uh, as soon as they announced the uh, Penn State Indiana kickoff, which I knew he's going to come down for. I figured I'd give him a text and uh, let him know what time the game is, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll give him a heads up for Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, because 
I've got to hit the road, go to Iowa yep. on Friday. But we're also going to have Tony Knopp on the show Wednesday. I believe that's 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 the big one, right? Mm-hmm. That's definite. Uh, Four thirty-five on Wednesday. Hmm. Very good. Wow. Wednesday's going to be. A we're loaded already. Action-packed show. We're I packed, mean, I guess. You, yeah, we're packed and you're, stacked you're, already. I mean, you're done for the week. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. All right. Well, I'll take it. I'll take a rain check for the uh, for the tailgates. We will get to one here. As we get toward the end of the season, no, they all withdrew the invitation. You're done. Okay. <laughs> no, no, they'd, <laughs> no, they'd love to have you. They'd love to have you. Believe me. No, they, you remember a lot of these people listen 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 to the show because you know, I mean they're hostages. But I mean, uh, they they listen to the show, and we, we pay them. Joking. We pay them well, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. No, we don't. No. No. Uh, we have Joe Susan today. The birthday boy at 335. Yes, it is his birthday today, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, something that's really nice that Iowa does now, we, we talk about a variety of things over time that are eyebrow-raising, but this is one of the nice new traditions that maybe some people are aware of and some may not be. Iowa, at the University of Iowa, the way it's set up is the stadium, the press box is on the west side, and then on the east side of the stadium, there's a road, and on the other side of the road is the University of Iowa Medical Center, which is a top-flight medical center that includes a top-flight children's hospital. They then added on to the children's hospital by going up, not out, but up. And at the top of the children's hospital is an area that looks into the stadium. And so the children in the hospital with their parents, loved ones, uh, while unfortunately being there, can at least watch the game from the top of the children's hospital. They can see right into the stadium. At the end of the first quarter, every person in the stadium turns to the top floor of the children's hospital and they wave to the kids. It's a nice thing. It's a really, really nice thing. You want to know how uplifting it is for those families and for those young people? Uplifting. And something that we, uh, a lot of people don't realize that we do, is they bring over the young person that takes the tee off the field to start the game. It's always somebody who's affiliated with the Four Diamonds Fund. So, each week, they bring the Four Diamonds Fund child and their families to meet us. So, I mean, it's a big deal for them to meet Derek Williams, um, obviously Jack Ham, you know, the whole crew. It's a big deal for them to meet, to meet, you know, an NFL legend, a Penn State legend, and so forth, and then, you know, the entire crew. And you get a chance to talk with them. And they're just marvelous young people, and it means so much for them to be there. Now I turn it to the Iowa thing. It means a lot when people people do that. Just that little added lift. And yeah, it's interesting that the three young people that they brought over have taken a little bit of time to talk to the parents and taken a little time to talk to the young young people. What marvelous, strong parents they are. What marvelous, strong young people they are. Uh, just You root for them every single day. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. The only way it should be is with a new Ford truck from SMC. Four city blocks of new Fords. Over 40,000 new trucks sold. There's only one place, one place you ought to be in September for your new Ford. It's Sunbury Motors Ford. During the annual September new truck sale, choose from over 100 new Ford trucks with F-150s starting as low as $23,994. Pick from 55 new 2017 Ford Escapes priced from just $19,380. SMC has over 275 new Fords with savings up to $13,500. And every new Ford is clearly marked with an orange sales sign, meaning the lowest prices of the year. Plus, there's 0% financing for up to 72 months on many models. SMC is where you want to be for the annual September truck sale at Sunbury Motors Ford in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza and at sunburymotors.com. Must have been quite a game on Friday night. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Exactly the insurance you need. Exactly the amount you need. And for a price that fits your budget. And then as your partner, and they become your partner in all this, they make sure you're updated whether it's auto, home, life, business, whatever. If there's a claim, they jump right in as if it happened to them. That's Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Still to come, Joe Susan on today's show. Matt Leon on the Eagles on today's show. Ben Jones on today's show on Penn State football. So that's what's coming up today. Tony Knopp coming up on Wednesday. High school previews on Wednesday as well. So we have a lot going on. And then uh, Thursday we'll be off. And then uh, back on Friday leading into Penn State and Iowa. I'm trying to get uh, Gary Dolphin, the play-by-play voice of Iowa football on the show, should be able to uh, do that. This would probably help the cause if I texted him. We actually put in a request, believe it or not, for Kirk Ferentz. All they can do is say no. I mean, all they can do is say no. For example, you know, every day, Sean and I are bombarded by this one individual who says, I'd like to come back and do a segment. And it's amazing. We just say no. Who might that be, Sean? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, it's not Buner for sure. Uh, no, Buner. Not... Buner's, well, Buner's welcome anytime. Yep, he's aces. Uh, let's see. Uh, not not Bird Song. Nope. Uh, oh no, Bird nope. Song's welcome anytime. Yep. yep. Um, for Lazo, no. Uh, yeah. Who's the one that does Shikalami now? Oh, Kevo. Not to be confused with King Kevo. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Here's Keywords 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to 
PurdyInsurance.com, auto, home, life, business insurance, you name it, they have it. They also have agents that are well-versed in every insurance area. They'll find you the right insurance that you need at a price that fits your budget. And if there is a claim, they'll jump right in as if it happened to them. It's Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to PurdyInsurance.com. Very pleased to be joined by the head football coach at Bucknell, Joe Susan. Joe, first of all, welcome, and to you, a very uh, special happy birthday to you. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. And uh, 38 has never felt better. I'm sure 38 has never felt better. If you'd like, I can recall for you how I felt at 38, but that would be on re- that would be on recall. Yes, uh, my mom was 38 and for most of her life, and I figured it out once. She was minus 17 when she had me, so uh, that's a good number to buy into. Yeah, I'd buy into that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. What were the good elements in the first half of the game? on the road that you say, you know what, if we sustain certain things, we can build on it? You know, I think that we're, we're very close in many ways. Um, our, our defense did a great job against a, a really physical football team, and then we actually ran the ball effectively in the first half, and it really helped us with some of our play-action concepts. Uh William Mary's defense is one of the better defenses in the country. I think they show up in a lot of statistical things. And their defensive line, and I include the, the two linebackers, really did a great job. I, I, in speaking with Coach Laycock, the head coach there after the game, he said that uh, he really challenged the defensive front to get after it in the second half, and they did. But uh, we had some opportunities in the second half. We did turn the ball over, and they had a long punt return that uh, <clears throat> we thought was going to get called back on a block in the back, and it didn't. And uh, you know, we had momentum going into the into the half, and uh, or into halftime. And you've got to sustain that because the halftime changes that. It uh, it kind of eases up a little bit. You know, you carry it into the locker room, but it's hard to keep it through the 20 minutes that halftime are, and you got to come out and get it again in the second half. And We uh, had some guys step up who hadn't played much for us. Uh, a young man named Marcus Adamiola, who uh, is one of the tight ends. Uh, we had one of our tight ends go down with an injury, and Marcus really played it very well in the second half. So as we mature on the offensive front, I think we'll get better. I think defensively, we held a pretty good team to under 300 yards. And when you do that, but you got to score points in this game, as you know. No question. And there's also something that happens. I don't care whether you're broadcasting a game, and it probably happens especially when you're coaching a game, when you sense that the momentum is turning a bit. Yeah. What runs through your mind as to trying to stress, especially to a young team, how to handle that, and how important is patience on the player's part and their understanding of patience that you, there's no 15-point play? That's the, and you, you have it in a nutshell. That uh, we, we keep emphasizing to them that this play that you're about to run is the most important play, and it's the only play you can have an impact on. And if you let the previous play have impact on this play or you're worried about the score or the clock, um, 
you, it can kind of kind of get away from you. And uh, you know, again, that's something that's easier to say than to do, especially when you're dealing with some young guys. And the good thing is, we they 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 were exposed to those shifts in momentum, and the more experience they have the better they'll be as we move through this season. And uh, I thought they were, um, you know, obviously they don't like the scoreboard at the end of the game, but they, they we brought them together last night, and what, what I did was I took six clips of offense, six clips of defense, six clips of uh, special teams, and I showed them all the good things we're doing in all three of those phases. And then I also showed them things that we have to correct and uh, the good thing about this group the leadership in this group they they get it and uh, you know two of our better players Abdullah Anderson and Ben Richard they made mistakes too and the, the biggest thing about mistakes is that you own up to them obviously but you don't repeat them and uh, that's what we have to do and, and in order to score points you know you Two weeks ago against Holy Cross, we hold one of the more explosive quarterbacks to 20 points. Um, you know, we had a turnover against William and Mary. Otherwise, they're, it's 23 to nine, and uh, those are things you got to avoid. Though the ball is a program, and uh, you know, we continue to work. And uh, the good thing about this team, the chemistry of this team, and well, what happens is that sometimes they're young, but sometimes the young guys are the most resilient. And uh, yeah. that's why being 38 years old, uh, <laughs> these kind kind of linger, you know. And uh, yeah. do a lot of self-examination. I uh, was on the way home. I don't know if you know Dave Eukelson. Um, I do. The, yeah, I know, I've, he, in fact, I, I coached uh, Little League with Dave. Did you really? Yes. <laughs> that had to be an experience. But, yeah, it uh, was. I had him six hours down and six hours back, and it's actually really good for me. And uh, the thing that I, I really feel good about is that a lot of the things I say, he says, you did a real good job there. And uh, when a guy that has that kind of experience doing what he does is a sports psychologist. Now, every once in a while, he turns into a psychologist trying to figure me out, and I should <laughs> let him know that after – However many years I've been around, I still haven't been able to do that, and and <laughs> probably uh, probably going to run into some kryptonite along the way. <laughs> uh, the ability, the ability to turn the page, uh, regardless of win or loss, regardless of win or loss, how important is the emphasis you have on turning the page and saying, "Okay, we've reviewed. That's now done. This is next." I, I think that that is something that the up, the upperclassmen understand from me, that regardless of how you do, whether you win or you lose, that it's over and learn from it. But you have to start a whole new game plan against a different opponent. And uh, I think that they have echoed that, and it's a sense amongst the younger guys that they understand it. And it's it's just the... <clears throat> The, the the feeling I had with the group last night, and you know, obviously when you go on the road, you don't take everybody. So we had everybody back in the room, and uh, that if I if I felt differently, I'd be really concerned. Um, this group has that they understand that it's 
the next opportunity is the most important opportunity and the only t- opportunity we have this week. And uh, coming back home, I think that's important. Uh, family weekend, that's important. And uh, the most important thing is they focus on create, you know, how we help them create a new game plan and apply it to our next opponent in Sacred Heart. And Sacred Heart will come in with a 2-on-1 mark because they beat Sets and they won at Lafayette, which you would be very familiar with, and then winning at Stony, a loss to Stony Brook on the road. So what are a couple of items right away in the checklist that you have to take care of yourself for you and also counter maybe a couple of things they do? Well, they're, uh, they have 11 seniors starting on defense, so a lot of guys with a great deal of experience. I think they have nine seniors starting on offense. So it is an experienced team. Their uh, their skill offensively is their strong part. Their receivers and the running back. The quarterback's a good player. Defensively, uh, they really take some chances in terms of their pressure. Obviously, when they take chances, they are trying to create a condensed time frame for for you. Uh, we've got to be smart against how we react to pressure. Uh, we have to be right in our run-pass option game, which we're getting more and more into, and our, our kids are feeling a little bit more comfortable. And one of the biggest things, I think, and one of the uh, ultimate uh, factors in the result of this game is who wins special teams. Um, we Alex Peachin averaged 44 yards a punt. He changes the field. We did have a long punt return against us, which in that one, I use this term, uh, he he out he actually outkicked the coverage. It had to be a 60-yard punt, and the kid had uh, the ability once he caught it to get a running start and set himself up. But I think that making a play in the special teams for us this week is going to be critical in the outcome. And obviously, you've got to do the things you do offensively and defensively. But I think ultimately, a factor in this game is going to be who executes better on special teams. And I, you know, in just watching their special teams, we have an opportunity to create some big plays in special teams. And this is part of the complementary football. You can't really play effective complementary football without really good special teams play. No question. And, uh, you know, I told the team this last night that our special teams are the priority. And if you're tired, we'll rest you on offense or defense. Um, we need you for this rep in special teams. We had a young man, Tommy Adams, who's a senior, um, was our short snapper. We had an injury issue with our long snapper. He went in there and did a great job, and it's good to see him step up. And uh, I'm not the easiest guy on special teams, especially the long snappers, because I've taught long snappers, and I actually had him sit down next to me uh, on our way home on the bus as he was picking bad movies out on the bus. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's been kind of shying away from me for three years, and it's good to see that, and part of it's me, believe me. I'm, I'm, we demand perfection. You don't get it all the time, but you want him to strive for perfection. He's he's really done a great job at working at his craft, and he'll help us. And we're at, we actually made him the long snapper from now on, which really eases some of the pressure on John Fox, who's our strong safety, uh, Get have him be able to do what he does best and on defense and not have to worry about the, the long snapping thing. But uh, well, the, the, the young men on our team have done a great job. And 
they've been around stealing my birthday cake today too but i wanted to make sure they get it before darnell stapleton gets it and that is a very important thing to do because that means there's nothing left for anybody exactly exactly Coach, hap from us to you, happy birthday. You're thank great, you. Thank great you, everybody guy. out there. You guys you guys do an outstanding job, and I appreciate you and Sean and the friendship we've created, and it's only going to so. get better. It 30, is only going to get better, and we appreciate great, you coach. very much, Coach. <laughs> thank you, guys. Okay. You have a great day. Yep, 6 o'clock, Saturday night, Christy, Sacred Heart, and Bucknell. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Insuring your business is serious stuff. You don't need gimmicks or cutesy mascots or punchlines. You certainly don't want red tape. You just want the right coverage at the right price. We're as serious about insuring your business as you are about running it. Selective. Response is everything. Get to know your local selective agent, Pretty Insurance, on Market Street in Sunbury or at prettyinsurance.com. Find out what Pretty Insurance can do for you. Something really neat is happening here tomorrow night. The defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins are playing in Pagula Ice Arena against the Buffalo Sabres. The initial... Preseason game for each. Now, which members of the Penguins are traveling, I don't know. So that that part I don't know. I do know that some of the stars will be here, but there's a good chance not all. Jack Eichel for Buffalo, uh, my understanding, is going to be here, who is, would be their star. Uh, but that's tomorrow night, Pagola. So that'll be a neat thing to at least see. The fans are going to kick out of it. This time it's sold out in... No time at all. I want to get into something briefly here. In the next half hour, Matt Leon from Philadelphia will talk about the Eagles. Ben Jones, Steakhouse.com, will talk about Penn State football in the final half hour. It's interesting now watching the NFL for two weeks in a couple of areas. One, quality of game. And then number two, um, TV ratings with it. And when you watch the NFL now, the NFL and ESPN, to me, are on uh, on parallel paths. And this is what I mean. Five years ago, and I made the statement on this show five years ago, that in a lot of ways I felt like the NFL was bulletproof. They were on a roll. It seemed like every decision they made was the right decision. It seemed like they could do no wrong, that they had a money tree planted out there on Park Avenue, and they could go to it anytime they want. And no matter what, as an advertiser, you had to be a part of it, and a TV network, you had to be a part of it. Same thing about ESPN. Five years ago, Let's be honest, about five years ago, you kind of felt like ESPN was bulletproof in a lot of ways, that they made all the right decisions at all the right times, that uh, they put the right shows in the right time slots, they seemed to have the right formula on so many things. And something happened along the way. I don't know whether it's misjudging the market, misjudging millennials, misjudging cable, uh, 
but both have now warped into what I call, in some ways, the Tiger Woods syndrome. And I go, what does that mean? If I think you've heard me talk about Tiger Woods before. When Tiger Woods was at the top of his game, he was always playing the the the, the sport of golf two shots ahead all the time. He knew exactly where he wanted to put the ball, why he wanted to put the ball, because he wanted to hit that next shot from that spot coming in. So he's always two shots ahead when he'd walk up to the tee. And if he got in trouble, he was so good and so clever at the game, he already knew ahead of time how to get out of it. And then it got to the point where he started having problems. And this is not with the injuries. This is when he started slumping. That you could tell suddenly, like suddenly, like all the other players, he started going shot by shot because he wasn't sure where the ball was going to go. Well, with the NFL and ESPN, now let's bring it back full circle. I always felt that the NFL and ESPN were both so sure of themselves that it allowed them to make really good decisions. And now there have been some factors that have worked against each entity, and now I feel like both entities, the NFL and ESPN, when they make decisions, they're guessing. I think for the NFL, it all started for them, really with the Ray Rice decision. They gauged it wrong. And then when they gauged it wrong, then Adrian Peterson happened, and they sort of gauged that one wrong. And then Greg Hardy happened, and that... You know, they lost control of that, but they still get blamed for it. And then they did something really stupid, and then they lost control with the Josh Brown thing, but then they did something really stupid with the Tom Brady thing. And here's why it was stupid. Paul Tagliabue, who had been the commissioner for many years before Roger Goodell, said, look, we get a problem. Look, whatever we do, just get rid of it, get rid of it quickly, and that way get it out of the consciousness of everybody. And what they did with the Brady thing is that they got stubborn and they let it linger for 18 months. It was a bad story. It just wasn't good. And it was a really bad judgment on their part as to what they did, the way they let it linger, and people looking around saying, we're in court about deflated footballs? And for ESPN, they've made... Millennials are a tough group to really gauge in so many ways. And, you know, they're just being themselves, but they're also a critical group that everybody feels they have to get a handle on. Because those are going to be, when they get to my age, you want them locked in watching your game. You want them locked in watching your network when they once they transition from 18 to 35 to my age. And that's why they're so important for everybody to lock into. It's an age where they love fantasy football, but do they how much they love the games. And so people have had a tough time getting them engaged in their cord-cutting, ESPN can't seem to put any programs together or time slots together that attracts them. The NFL can't seem to get them into stadiums. And you're wondering now if the most popular channel that the NFL has is not Fox, CBS, ESPN, or NBC, but whether the most valuable channel down the road for them is Red Zone because of the fantasy player. 
But I feel it's really interesting if you look at a case-by-case basis. I'm going to bring this up with Tony Knob. I felt five years ago the NFL and ESPN, as separate businesses and separate entities, not intertwined, were so sure of every decision they made, and they made really good decisions. They had a confidence to them. I now feel like they're both guessing. And because they're both guessing, I, and I'll get, take the NFL, the Los Angeles decision, the Chargers. It's a bad guess. Your home for the Phillies. News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. This is WKOK Sunbury.